I moved from England. I left a girlfriend. I left houses. I left my family. I left my personal training business. I literally got two suitcases and I got on a plane and I left everything. And if like, if I'm willing to do that to be with the right people, most people won't get on an internal flight for an hour to go to a mastermind and then complain. I'm like, come on. (laughs) Most people won't hop on Zoom, bro. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Welcome back to the show. I'm Travis Chappell. And I believe that if you can connect with the best, you can become the best. So after creating 800 podcast episodes about building your network, I've come to realize that networking is really just making friends. If you're doing it the right way anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Deerdeck, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening because this is Travis Makes Friends. What's going on, guys? Today, I'm making friends with Rudy Maurer. Rudy has built two multi-million dollar businesses by the age of 27. He has a passion for marketing, entrepreneurship, and building successful businesses. He's built and scaled several multi-million dollar businesses in the past five years and is currently the CEO of one of the world's leading direct response marketing agencies. He's the CEO of several of Ty Lopez's e-com brands that you may be familiar with, things like Radio Shack, Pier One Imports, and some of these old school failing businesses that they put together a fund and bought, and then they placed CEOs in some of these e-com businesses after they flipped it from traditional retail to e-com. And Rudy was the CEO of several of those brands. He's also a Forbes agency council member. And in this episode, we talk a lot about his transition from the UK over to the States, why that was a move that was important for him to make, as well as how he got started in each of these individual ventures that we were just talking about. Had a great time chatting with him. I'm sure you will enjoy getting to know him as well. So without any further ado, check out my conversation with Rudy Maurer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Travis Makes Friends. Today, I am making friends with my boy, Rudy Maurer. Rudy, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Yes, good to be here, dude. How are you, uh, you liking Vegas? It's good. I mean, I, I come here a lot for events and stuff. Of so I like, I like the ocean. You know, I live on the ocean. It gets <laughs> yeah. dry here, but it's always a... It's an, being a tourist, you know, I'm like still from the UK, right? So for me, it's a really cool place yeah. to visit. Yeah, you can't, uh, you can't beat the ocean views mm-hmm. though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, dude, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to having you on here. I would love to kind of build some context for those listening. Sure. So if you are in the online marketing space, you probably have seen yep. Rudy's ads. You've probably seen a bunch of stuff from him online, yep. all over social and things like that. But if, for those that are watching or listening that are not in the internet marketing space, let's like rewind the clock, sure. go back in time and talk about how you kind of got to where you are. So yeah. um, let's say eight-year-old Rudy, <laughs> Give us the breakdown, set the scene. What yeah. was life like? Yeah, I mean, eight-year-old Rudy was still hustling. I was selling uh, in schools at eight years old, selling candy, selling go. like whatever the fad was for the year, you know, like bracelets and like little toys. I had somehow figured out, like I was always entrepreneurial. So I figured out what eBay was somehow at eight or nine years old, made my dad make me an account and then was using my dad's <laughs> nice. money to buy all this stuff which I would pay him back to then go and sell in school. So I was in the UK. My parents were not wealthy, but they were very successful in life. My mom was a gold medalist in triathlon and my dad was the Great Britain team manager. So he ran the Olympic Games triathlon team for free, two or three Olympics. So I spent my life traveling to Olympic races, big races. My mom was competing. So that gave me the whole like, well, I assume it does at least. It gave me the whole hey, you can achieve greatness. You can be the best in the world. You just got to train hard and train harder than everyone else and believe in yourself because that's Mm -hmm. all it really is in sport, right? So I was doing that. 
I was, you know, a little unique in school, buying and selling, always being different. I always loved money. And I was a chess champion at like oh, 10 really? years old okay. so in my school. So I was like really good at strategy, thinking ahead, planning ahead, making moves. And that's really what the game of business is. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So when you were coming up in high school and stuff, did you have any thoughts about college or mm. were you always just kind of like, I'm just going to go make well, my So I actually hustle. have a master's degree in exercise science. So okay. I have like a really strong degree in like a 4.0 GPA and uh I don't know. I just like, I did that because I wanted to be really high up in the fitness industry, which was the first business I did a million dollars in when I was 25. And that was more of just like a a way to gain an expert status, right? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, I realized early on, if you can build authority and become an expert, you can make a lot of money. So you went into exercise science with the intention of doing business in that world? Yeah, okay. 100%. So it was never like, no, like oh, I want to be a doctor no, or I want to be no. a So I had a personal therapist training whatever. business at 17. Okay. I had an online gaming <clears throat> community and business at 14. I bought my first house at 20 and I've won at 21 and I've won at 22 during grad school. Okay. Uh, during right. undergrad, actually, in England. So I was always entrepreneurial. I had like okay. my own business at 17 as a personal trainer. I had a website. I was ranked one on Google in my city. So I knew the online space. And the degree part was like once in a lifetime opportunity, a lot of fun. Like in the UK, you know, you have an amazing first year. It's just yeah, yeah. audience. I was like, yeah, I was, I thought I would always regret not going if I didn't go. Sure. So I'm like, I, and I could still run my business alongside it, which I did. And I actually bought more houses because of it because I ran into students. <laughs> so nice. for me, it was like, I don't think college is necessarily the best thing to do, but like if you can do it while actually running a business and making money, then it's not as bad, right? Were your parents always just supportive of whatever you wanted to do? Yeah, they were like, uh, people ask me this, they let me do whatever I wanted. I was never grounded once in my life. (laughs) Oh, really? Uh, Like they were the most chilled out, relaxed, but I wasn't like a naughty kid either. I wasn't, I don't think I needed to be grounded. You know, I was always mature, did my own thing. Like I was out the house, like, or I was online selling stuff and hustling. So I was like, kept myself to myself and they were too busy with sport. You know, they were doing their own thing too. Yeah, I don't think they, they gave me a lot of freedom and creativity, which is obviously I'm thankful for because I think it got me to where I am today. I think that it's really underrated how much of an example they set for you yeah. to, to your point, because yeah. I selfishly ask people about parenting stuff all the time, just because I, I had two kids and sure. my, my son's three, my daughter's going to be two um, next week. And uh, so I'm always thinking like, you know, what, what are the best ways that I can instill good beliefs and you know, yeah, strong work yeah. ethic and all that kind of stuff. And at the bottom, like the bottom line at the end of the day is like your kids are probably going to be some sort of, you know, copy paste yeah, version of, of you, yeah. regardless of what you tell them to do, the yeah. rules that you give them, yeah. whatever. So it's interesting that you say like, oh yeah, I had all the freedom in the world to do whatever I wanted, but like you never desired to do any of the other stuff because like you saw your parents working hard toward yeah. a goal every single day and yeah. how it positively affected their life. Yeah, but I also saw that they didn't have much money. They weren't poor. They mm. were like middle class, middle but class, like middle yeah. class, you don't have much money still, right? Because yeah. you have a decent house. Uh, such a, a weird car, place to be. And dude. it's like, you know, but they weren't even like high up in middle class. They were just, because yeah. they were athletes. So they yeah. didn't earn much. They only did part-time work and stuff. And yeah. it's like, we had a nice house. Don't get me wrong, like an okay house. It wasn't like a mansion or nice, nice. It was okay, yeah. average. Yeah. But they still, you always, there was always bills, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, they were fine. But then when there was like a five grand vet bill, yeah. now it was a problem. Sure, like now it's, sure. hey, you know, we got to be tight for a couple of them. So I think I saw that and I saw that like 
money controls you, right? Whether you mm. want to accept it or not, and people say yeah. money doesn't buy happiness. I'm like, well, try going bankrupt or <laughs> yeah. not having money to pay yeah. your bills. Well, I always find it interesting that yeah. the people who say money doesn't buy happiness as they've typically never most had Most of them don't money. have it, yeah, yeah, right? And it's like, it, well, most of them probably say it because it's like, when people say I don't need to work out and they're yeah. unhealthy, it's just more like it's a barrier or a shield they maybe put up to themselves to sure. buy into their own belief system, right? Totally. So like I think money, and obviously the flip is true, money doesn't instantly buy happiness, sure. right? Yeah. But it's like if you're a good person, you're happy in general, you have positivity in life, you have a lot of good things going for you in life, money can amplify it and I do believe that. Totally, yeah. I think I always tell people like, no, money's neutral, but if it's neutral... Yeah. Why not have a lot of it? Yeah. <laughs> you know well, I mean? just, like, yeah, it just gives yeah. you, it's like you said, it's a good point. It's neutral, right? So if you're yeah. really unhappy, it might make you even more unhappy because sure. you might make stupid sure. decisions with it, it's right? Funny. But if you're generally happy, a good person, positive, then it can amplify your life, amplify yeah. what you do. And most importantly, it buys freedom and time. Right. And it's hard to argue that freedom doesn't buy happiness because go live in a jail cell for 10 years and it's, then tell me it doesn't buy happiness, right? That's a very, it's a very good point, dude. Yeah. I'm a free, freedom, I think. It's funny because like, the, you know, the more entrepreneurs that I talk to, the more people that I talk to that just have a lot of money, that's always the driver. It's never like, I just wanted more money. Like for some people, they say that's what it is because that's kind of what their brand is, right? Sure. They're always like, oh, money, money, money. But yeah. if you really got down to the root yeah. of it and sat down with them, they'd be like, oh yeah, it's not about the money. It's not what money buys you. It's about yeah, the freedom exactly. to choose. It's yep. about the options that yep. you have. That you well, and that's why we have. become entrepreneurs, yeah, right? Most exactly. of us become entrepreneurs because we want freedom, we want control, and yep. we want to create a different life for ourselves. Yep. And what, what drives all of that is people, right? It's people, it's connections, it's your brain, how smart you are. Yeah. Uh, it's where you live, right? Which is partly influenced by money. If you have yeah. no money, you can't live in America, right? I had to have money to make the decision to leave England. I had to pay for yeah. attorneys to... And this was money I earned, not given by parents, by working 80 hours a week. I had to pay money. I had to prove I had $20,000 to live for a year mm. in America during grad school because you weren't allowed to work while on a visa. Gotcha, so gotcha. money bought that, right? Like if I didn't have that proof of funds, I wouldn't have been able to move it. My parents yeah. didn't have that money saved. So I had to earn that money myself. Luckily, I had small businesses and houses, so I saved it up. And now my life is very different. I live in America than the yeah. UK. You could argue that would have never happened if I was like everyone else because I would never have had that money. What made you want to come to America? Everything I do, right? Like business, money, the mindset, the right people, the environment, the weather in Florida, opportunity, just a way better life, like for what I want to do. So right? when, you, when you came over for grad school, your intention was to oh, stay here? It was the, yeah, it was just the gate. Okay. All right, it was gotcha. a gate in. Yeah, that's, yeah, 100%, 100%. I knew I wanted to move to America when I was 13 years old. I don't oh, know wow. why. I yeah. came out here a few times, came to California. My mom's cousin lived there with and was from the UK and moved there and had an yeah. American family. It was like different world. It's just like everyone was friendly. The energy was good. Everyone was bigger, big shopping malls, big basketball courts, big, big houses, big, big mountains. Like everything yeah. was just more energy. It's like, it's like more colorful. Sure. I see England's like black and white movie. Yeah. And then America's like a colorful movie. Mm. Yeah. That's how I see life. Is that why, is that the reason for the, the loud red? Everywhere. Uh, I mean, that's part of the brand now, right? So <laughs> yeah. there's a lot, but there's a lot that goes into that story. Yeah. Red was my favorite color. We wanted it. I already had a big agency that was blue, needed a new color. I said, let's go red. And the whole vision is, you know, now we've rebranded and we kind of call a lot of my personal brand the red life. And the idea behind that is the red pill, right? Off the play off uh, the matrix, gotcha, right? Gotcha. Like, because that's really what I want to empower millions of people to understand is you can build the life of your <laughs> dreams 
You've just got to be willing to do it, make the decision, understand and believe you can do it and then find the vehicle in what to do, right? And that's how I was, I guess, brought up and ingrained, but most people aren't fortunate enough to think that way. So I want to help empower them to do that. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Okay. So grad school, move yep. over to America. What are the things that you're pursuing as soon as you're done with that and you're, yeah, so done, I, you're done with school? So I good. did. So I actually made my professor a million dollar business during grad school with my um, skills on Facebook professor. and websites. <laughs> yeah. And then I made a million dollars. Facebook. So you were already doing Yeah. Ads. I, I run ads like uh, probably 12 years, no, probably 11, 12 years ago now. Wow. For my own personal training business back in England. Yeah. I always joke I got my first ad account banned ten years ago. <laughs> it was like one of the great, one of the originals. Uh, running weight loss like ten years ago. So and I built, you know, I built my first website at fourteen years old. So okay. seventeen years ago. You know, I wasn't an expert by any means, but sure. I understood. Like I understood what it was, and then I took courses and stuff to learn. I was gonna say, well, yeah. twelve years ago, I mean, nobody was really an expert no, in Facebook ads. No. They were. And I and I would say I got really good at it about seven years ago. So I would say like I've been spending tens of thousands, if not millions, in the last seven, especially the last five six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was because I did it for him, and then I graduated, and within about twelve to sixteen months, I did a million dollars for my own business, and then for personal training, uh, for yeah, fitness. I turned to fitness plans. So. And we sold, I think, close to 100,000 fitness plans. Wow. I had events around the world. Was this all low ticket? Yeah. And okay. they sold out. Like I sold out events in Australia in 48 hours, Melbourne and uh, Sydney. Wow. So I traveled the world, did events, not many, did some events and sold all these. Yeah, I had 100,000 members. I still have a Facebook group that's active with 60,000 members in it in the wow. fitness group. Yeah. And 
that was like my journey. And then I started doing it for big bodybuilders and fitness professionals and like fitness influencers with like 5 million followers on oh, the RevShare. Real quick. So, so when you say you started doing it for them, basically you got plugged into people who had products but did not know how to market or sell them? Yeah, or not even that, like just big fitness influencers. Like but they didn't even have a product. Yeah, they might, have, they might be sponsored <clears throat> by a supplement company. Yeah. But they wouldn't, I would help create the product. So gotcha. I would say, hey, this is how gotcha. I did all the, I did this arm blaster. I did this bikini plan. I'm like, hey, we'll just do similar for you. Rename it 21 day arm challenge or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then I would just help them film it, map it all out, run it on RevShare uh, and learn the hard way of legal contracts and handshake agreements. Lost, <laughs> they lost a lot of money during that. because not And everyone, probably a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's interesting, everyone, should, everyone loves the idea of making a million dollars. Um, but what, with a lot of these guys, they hadn't made that much money before. Yeah. So they would agree to all the terms and like, oh yeah, they'll give me 40%, which is like a lot, but at the, at the time they didn't have anything. Right, right. So when you're making when you're making like $1,200 a month. They were making month. like 20 <laughs> yeah. grand a month, right, from sponsorships. Okay, okay. so they were making decent money. Yeah, because they were like 5 million followers. Okay. But then like when I made them a million dollars, they're like, now they're trying to renegotiate the 40%. Of course, of course. And I'm like, hey, I, this <laughs> didn't exist without me. So I learned the hard way about legal contracts and, and all that sort of jazz and expectations and blah, 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 blah. Went through some good and bad launches, and but kind of got burnt out because I got screwed a couple of times. So then I'm like, I'm not going to do rev share anymore. I'm just going to charge 10 to 20 grand a month. They can pay me. All these big people can pay me and I'll do it for them. Mm. So that formed an agency. Got it. And we did well. We got up to about 40 employees generating a bunch of money. But then it was like the opposite was true. You'd do like a million dollars and someone paid you four months at 40, 10 grand a month. Sure. I'm like, eh, sure. That's, uh, you know, so. Unit economics don't yeah, make Yeah, so sense then I was you. like, I don't see. And and obviously every time it didn't work, which is a lot in online marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, mm-hmm. the, you're the enemy now because you failed to right. make their business millions of dollars. And sadly, that's <laughs> not how business works, you know? So uh. I ended up partnering with Ty Lopez because he was doing an agency and I was like, well, this is better because he's very well known. We can be more selective with clients, sure. all of that jazz. And then just shortly after that, he ended up obviously starting to buy these big brands. So mm. I kind of just floated with him there and did that for two or three years. And okay. here I am today, you know. So you guys were basically running an agency together. What Was it purely like media buying agency or no, full no, stack marketing? No, always full stack. Okay. Yeah, I, I only did the media buying only for about a year. Okay. But then I realized no one had a good funnel and landing page and offer. Yeah, that's and that's what problem. I was really good at as well. That's why all my stuff worked. Yeah. And then I was running ads for other people and like the ads weren't working like my ads worked. And I'm like, look, I'm literally like spending 20 grand a day on my account. I'm screen sharing. Same thing I'm doing here. And you realize it's the offer and the position of the brand and the yeah. hook and the copy. So in the end, I changed the agency where it's like 10, 20 grand a month. And we still have it where we just do everything for them, right? Yeah. So we do yeah. the ads, the funnel, the landing pages, the copy, the emails, the videos, the images, and it's the full service, right? Yeah. And it's good because, I mean, a lot of people need that because... Uh, if you go and hire a team for that, you're talking 20 to 40 grand a month in payroll. It's oh, not cheap. And you've yeah. got to manage them and you've got to be the one that can come up with a hook and offer still. Right. Staff, I was going to say, assuming yeah. that you know what you're doing exactly. in terms of hiring and managing yeah. those people. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so that's been good for us. Me and Ty partnered and kind of did the same for a year. But then, you know, his next venture, which he's obviously still doing, which is super cool, uh, was just like the next thing. And it was an yeah. awesome journey and experience for me. And 
So uh, what did you yeah. do in that portfolio of companies then? We're talking about like Radio Shack. K1 and, and all those. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, I started as like running a couple of the brands. Well, okay. I started by taking over TyLopez.com so he could go and do that. Gotcha. And then okay. I started running a couple of brands. Then I took over all the marketing for all the brands and media buying because that was obviously my background. And then I take, and then I ended up just going to the holding company level and becoming the co-CEO with Ty running everything. So gotcha. 300 staff. I was a little more operational. He was obviously a little more visionary and finding yeah. the brands and the investors. So it was a great sure. synergy. And then Alex, the main partner, Ty's main partner on it all, was a bit of both. Like Alex yeah. was super smart marketer, just like Ty, very data driven like me, media buyer, you know, had a crazy experience in that, super strategic yeah. scientist like me, because I had a sports science background. So we got on very well there. So yeah, we had a, uh, as, you know, they're still running it. I stepped out at Christmas just to do my own stuff again full time. Yeah. But yeah, that obviously helped give me a lot of what I've got today and a lot of lessons. So what's your own stuff? Well, what, what are you doing now? More Capital is the holding company. Okay. So More Capital is like, I always explain, like if you see in the movies or in Star Wars, like the big ship and then you got little ships around it. That's yeah. kind of how I see my business now. So More Capital is the holding company. We have close to 100 employees and they float around all the ships, right? Okay. So we have a celebrity division where we work with big celebrities. We help launch all of their products and services. So like Mike Tyson, Floyd Mayweather, people like that. We're partners, just like back in the early days yeah, with yeah. fitness. Yeah. Just we have better contracts. We have better contracts and expectations with yeah. them nowadays. And probably better yeah. celebrities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're more business savvy, I guess you could say. So I have that. And yes, way better celebrities. And then I take equity in companies. So like the next okay. evolution of my agency was, hey, let's just let me become a partner with you. I'll own 30, 40, 50% of the company with you, but I'll help you take it from a couple of million to 10 or 20 million. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then we can sell it together because I know how to build to sell. I know how to grow fast. I have a massive <clears throat> team. So we've done a few of those partnerships in the last year mm -hmm. and they've worked really well we've four five x several companies and i always say look if you five x a company then even if you only own 50 percent of it you have 250 percent more than you did have as basic math yeah, right sure. and there's a lot of ego over owning 100 percent. and i had that seven eight years ago yeah. right and i think everyone that has their own first business does and yeah. then you realize it's kind of like your baby. Yeah, it's like cutting yeah, your baby yeah, in yeah. half. And then you realize <laughs> you know? actually, I can make way more money. I can make way more money with a lot of babies that I co-own versus yeah. just one baby, right? So that's how that form that's going well. And then we have a big education coaching company, so a mastermind, two hundred and fifty members, where we basically train the in-house companies and the CEOs or the entrepreneurs on Facebook ads, funnels, marketing how to build, to sell, how to build their offers and that sort of thing. This show exists because we want to help people with activity of leveling up their circle mm -hmm. of people mm -hmm. so that they can level up in life. So yeah, great. who are some people in your life yep. that have forced you to level up? Yeah, well, before I even go into that, let me say one thing. I always say, so this is great for to support that point, but I want to be a billionaire, right? Mm -hmm. It's a goal. And I say there's three things that will help me get to billionaire status. It's my network, my team, and my creativity. Three things, right? Mm. And that's one of them, right? The network. Yeah. I pay about 10 to 20 grand a month right now 
just not in masterminds, just in consulting, like literally thousands of dollars for an hour of someone's time or an intro. Because mm. I'm a massive believer on your circle and your networks, everything, right? Yeah. And 90% of where I am today is because I met a person that connected me to a person that I did a totally. project with that then connected me to a different person that got me here, right? It's like crazy. And I actually think about it every week. Like last night, I think I thought about it. It's like this like maze. It's like I draw a maze in my head of like who I met here that went here, that sent right. me here, that connected me here. Right. So if you want to be successful, it's everything, right? Yeah. It's everything. And um, I mean, you know, the question of how do you do it? Well, it's about putting yourself in the right place. I moved from England. I left a girlfriend that I would, was with a long time. I left houses. I left my family. I left my personal training business. I literally got two suitcases and I got on a plane and I left everything. And yeah. if, like, if I'm willing to do that to be with the right people, most people won't get on an internal flight for an hour to go to a mastermind and yeah. then complain. I'm like, come on. Most people won't hop on Zoom, bro. Yeah, I know. So. <laughs> Who are some people Some some people in your life that you got around? You said like 90% of your success has been Yeah, I people. mean, well, obviously Ty and Alex, <clears throat> right? Great yeah. mentors, people that have built crazy big things. Grant Cardone, I try and spend a lot of time with. He's in Miami. I get to go down there some of the time. Even these celebrities like Mike Tyson, right? Like some of the stuff he teaches on like mindset is insane. And some mm. people don't maybe see that. But I mean, athletes achieve such a different level of greatness, yeah. right? That they have some of the best knowledge. So people, celebrities like that. And then just a lot of a lot of people in our space that like I, I teach my team this a lot. Whenever there's a problem, People that are doing less than a few million a year or 10 million are generally asking, how do I fix the problem? Mm. That's logical, right? Mm -hmm. Problem? Well, what do you do as a CEO? You say, how do we fix it? Mm -hmm. How do I fix it? I Google it. How do I fix it? I go on YouTube. People doing over 10 million a year or close to 100 mil or just 20 years of business experience say, who do I know or who can I find yeah. that can fix the problem? Yeah, the who, and, not how. Yeah, and that's a massive yeah. mindset shift for me in the last few years. So I encourage my team all the time, any new initiative, I'm like, don't you dare try and ask me how we do it. Don't mm. you dare go and try and figure it out. Go find the who, pay them for 30 minutes and type up everything they tell me and then let's figure out a plan from there. Mm. Yeah. Right? And that's yeah. like a game changer for a lot of people. So you mentioned kind of how you look at certain, you know, things that came about in your life and you can go, well, that person, maybe mm -hmm. that person, mm -hmm. that person, that person, that person. I find as adults, the older that we get, I think it's more difficult to make friendships, like real friendships with people, just by nature. Of the, especially now, we work. A lot of people work virtually. Sure. We're, we're yep. taking steps toward more virtual virtual world. And I think a lot of people are, even though we're ironically the most connected that we've ever been. I think we're also the most disconnected we've ever been because mm. we're not able to go deep with like real friends. Yep. So I'm curious if there's like a friend that you have in your life, like. Like a legitimate friend, not just like, oh, we sure. met a few times or like they're an acquaintance or sure. we've hung out at conferences together, but a legitimate friend that you've met in the last three to five years and how that friendship came about. Yeah, I mean, I obviously made some great friends in grad school, which was five, six years ago. And most of those have worked for me at some point. Oh, really? part time. <laughs> yeah, some of my best yes. friends. So a lot of them came from grad school and then a lot came from business. Because you got to remember the weird thing for me, like when we talk about, I talk a lot about your circle of influence and your who you're with and your environment and energy. I'm almost very fortunate because I started a new life at 25. Like mm. I knew no one. I knew yeah. no one. I didn't yeah. move to Tampa because I had a friend there or a cousin. Right. I moved to Tampa because of the grad program and the professor. 
and that I wanted Florida or California, and I knew no one. Mm. So I started this new life, but the nice thing is the only people in my new life were either people in grad school, but they were very driven because I worked in the lab, which was like the top guys that were studying all the time and like really into it. So they were passionate, Uh, but really that was only for a year. So really my entire life and network now are entrepreneurs. Mm. So there are a lot of friends, right? Like I guess you would call them watered down friends, like you said, where they're friendly at events and stuff, but we're not, you know, we're not ringing each other every week. But yeah, there have yeah. been many of my best friends have come from events, right? But because it's like the whole thing, there's maybe a hundred people I've met and made connections with over a year. But out of those hundred, there's five of us that hit it right. off. And it's like, <clears throat> you feel like you've known them for five years, right. but you've only known them for five weeks, right? And you just connect on a different level and become great friends and you might do business together and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah I mean, one example is like one, somewhat, a couple of people that I own equity in their companies. One of the guys lived the other side of America and he moved his two teenage children and his wife to Tampa to just come and be in my office and create the business with me. And he didn't know anyone. He just knew me. We became business partners. He joined my mastermind, paid 20 grand, right? Joined the mastermind. And uh, six months later, he relocated his whole life to Tampa and knew no one. So, but like, that's a great example, right? It's someone that took risks, someone that I'd become close with because it's through business, but we share similar values. We play basketball together now. Yeah, we play yeah. golf together now. We have laughs together. You know, like we're good friends now. Sure. Yeah, yeah to me, it's the it's the meme test. It's okay. like when you find yeah. when you find yeah. a yeah, yeah, funny yeah. something that yeah. makes you laugh. It's like who are you sending it to? Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Okay, so we, we talked about a lot of stuff here. And I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got some other things to do while you're in Vegas. Appreciate you stopping by. This last segment's called uh, unpopular opinions. Okay. okay? So I'm going to share an unpopular opinion. And then you have to tell me on a scale of zero to five, Mm -hmm. how strongly you agree with it. So if you completely disagree, it's a zero. (laughs) If you, if you agree completely, it's a five. And then, you know, tell me a little bit of an explanation of why. Okay. Before we move into this final segment here, what are you working on right now that you want people to go check out? I know you have a new show coming out. Yeah. We're working on a couple of big projects. Where's the place? Yeah. Podcast, like the whole brand theme for me in the next five years is the red life. Right. And about, it's more than Facebook ads. Like for me, Facebook ads was just a skill set. It's the vehicle. Yeah. The, the, for yeah. me, like for me, it's about changing lives. It's about creating your dream life, creating your dream business, learning online sales and marketing and online businesses. So that's a lot of what, you know, we have the website, The Red Life. We have a book coming out in the next couple of months called, uh, you know, Living the Red Life, which is okay. about taking the red pill and creating a life of your dreams. Great. So, so they're the things that I would love to help people with. They're not going to make me any money. It's not about that for me at this point. My businesses yep. make me a lot of money. For me, it's about impacting the world and helping people realize their potential, realizing how to grow an online business and grow a business successfully. And is that the name of the podcast as well? Mm-hmm. Thread Life? Yeah. Perfect. So if you're listening to this right now, pull up whatever app you're listening to and head over to the Red Life, subscribe to Rudy's new show, show him some love over there. All right, here we go. Unpopular opinions. You ready? Yep. All right, number one. Who you know is more important than what you know, zero to five. Oh, who you know is more important than what you know. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I would say like a three and a half okay. because... I do agree, but there's like a, it's like anything, it's hard with yes or no's because there's got to be a degree of knowledge too, right? If you're a total idiot, then you're not going to know anyone important because they're not going to give you any time, right? So it's like definitely more important, but you need a baseline of knowledge, right? Sure, sure. Got to have like base competency. Yeah, yeah, because 
people only want to spend time with other great people. Right. So if you're stupid, yeah. you ain't going to have any friends that are worth knowing. It's and like even the if answer you, is no. <laughs> even if you get in the door, yeah. it's like you're not going to stay in the room that yeah. long. Well, you see yeah. the people. There's always one person at like an event or in a room and they're asking a question and you're like, what, is yeah. this? what are you thinking? <laughs> right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Number two, your physical health is an indicator of your personal discipline. Yeah, for sure. I mean, four, four and a half. I came from fitness, right? So 100%. But there's also like, I think the reason it's not a five is I do think there's times in your life where you go through phases, yeah, right? Yeah. Like I've been super fit and I've been crazy obsessed with it. And I'm probably the least fit I've ever been in my life right now. Yeah. But I'm so I'm more crazy obsessed with my business than ever, right? Yeah. And my discipline with my business and life is unmatched, but my fitness is that. So it's like, it's yes or no, right? Sure. But in general... Yes, 100% for. All right, number three, news and politics affect your everyday life. Mm, interesting. Uh, I'm actually going to go to the other end. I disagree. So I'll probably say a, a 0 0.5 because I have zero. I don't know the news. Like, I don't know the senators, the president. I mean, I obviously know who the president is, but I have zero clue about any of that. I stay out of it. I don't watch any of it. Because I only want to watch stuff or be part of stuff or spend time and energy on stuff on what I can influence. So if I want to become the president one day and I'm running for election, I'm going to watch all that stuff. But until I am, it doesn't make a difference to me. So does it affect you from like a tax perspective? Sure, sure, right? But you can leave the country if you want to leave the country and don't play that, you know, if you don't, if you hate it that much. So yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it only controls you if you let it. Yeah, perfect. Perfectly said. Uh, number four, taking radical responsibility for your life is necessary if you want to be successful. Oh, yeah. That's a five. Yeah. Like we, one of our core values in the company is extreme ownership, right? It's like, so yeah, you're responsible for everything. You know, you're responsible for your actions. Uh, you're responsible for where you are in your life. And if you don't accept that, like every high achiever understands that. Time is a more important asset than money. Yeah, 100%. That's a five. I mean, this is like, yeah, I mean, there's no argument there because the one thing you'll look back on when you're dying and 80, 90, 100 years old, how long you live to is the time part, right? So I'm always doing what I can to collapse time because I want to impact the world, but I want to do it as young as possible because I want to see my impact live, right? There's no good, like to me, the saddest part probably of life would be to create something great and then pass away a week later because you don't get to see your own thing come to life. You never know what horrible fate your bad luck has saved you from. Yeah, I mean, for sure. There's, And this is like perspective, yeah, right? So yeah. I would say the grading there is, I definitely agree, probably a four, three and a half. Definitely agree. I don't think about it much because I'm very like onto the next thing. So yeah. it's like bad luck sucks. Yeah. What did I learn from it? Okay, I've like brushed it off and moved on, right? Yeah. And that's it happened what, now. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you can't change until there's a time machine. There's no point dwelling on it. When, sure. If there's a time machine gets invented, then dwell on it and decide if you want to go back and fix it, <laughs> yeah, right? right? But again, it's a control thing. I'm a control freak. So if I can't control it, which I can't at this point because it's done, right? Right? How do I resolve it, learn from it, and then go forward? You can do anything you put your mind to. Yeah. Well, my famous saying is everything's possible when you open your mind. And that's like what I learned from, I think, being around pro athletes my whole life. And uh, yeah, so it's a five. All MLMs are pyramid schemes. I'm going to go neutral there because I say a three because I don't know enough about all of them to okay. make a comment. And I don't yeah, yeah. like to make uneducated blanket statements. But yeah, all there's right. obviously like anything in life. I'm a believer of good and bad. I'm sure there's some good, sure there's some bad. Yeah. All right, lastly, here we go. 
Aliens exist. Ah. I, uh, yeah, I don't know if I could grade that on a number. Uh, <laughs> do I, agree? I, uh, I probably don't. Know. I'm a scientist, so I'm probably going to go lower on the spectrum of one okay. or two. But I do believe there's, I like to believe there's something out there that we've not discovered yet. Yeah. Well, cool, dude. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on the show. If you are listening, if you're watching right now, be sure to head over to uh, the the Red Life podcast. Uh, subscribe. Head over to some of Rudy's stuff over on social media and uh, tell him what's up. Tell him you heard about him here on the show. Rudy, thanks for coming on, dude. This is a lot yeah, of fun. Pleasure, dude. All Thank right. you. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to travischapel.com slash team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married, and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's travischapel.com slash team. And my biggest ask of you since I'm sharing my friends with you is to share this episode with a friend of yours that hasn't listened to the show yet and leave us a quick five-star rating in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. It would mean the world to us as it helps us make sure that this show continues to be more valuable to you. Thanks in advance, and I'll catch you on the next episode.